0: Thank you for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and resources, visit hopeboon.com. Well, good morning. Good to see you all today. How's everybody doing? Good. That was weak. How's everybody doing today? There we go. That's what I like to hear. There we go. <laughs> oh, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you serve a good God, not an angry God? Amen. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that God's not mad at me this morning. Amen. So many people have a have a a view of of God as a frustrated person, and he's just not frustrated. The Bible says the one who sits in heaven laughs, and he's happy this morning, so we can be too. Amen. I'm just going to set my timer here, so that's right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hmm. Well, it's so good to be with you this morning. Welcome to Hope Church. If this is your first time with us today, we're so thankful that you're here. Thank you for being a part of our gathering this morning. We believe that the Lord's doing awesome things, and we're excited about it. So if I haven't met you yet, I think I know most of the people in here, but if I haven't met you yet, I'm Josh, and my wife, Brian, and I get to get the awesome responsibility of pastoring this church. Um, I want to talk to you this morning and continue kind of a series that we began with our Vision Sunday, back at the beginning of February, how many of you were here for Vision Sunday? Just a show of hands. Most of us, I think, were. Um, <clears throat> we, we shared and rolled out uh, our vision for not just this year that we're in, but the coming years, the, the, the years that the Lord has placed ahead of us for our church as we continue to grow. You can pull a little bit off of this if you want. Um and so we shared three, three pillars of vision, and you've seen them on the, these new banners and the things you've seen them, I'm sure, on social media, and, uh, and if you've been around the last couple of weeks, you've heard us talk about three things that we, that God has given us as a ministry hope for. He's given us hope for strong families, he's given us hope for transformation, and he's given us hope for our community. Uh, and these three things are three things that the Lord has spoken to our hearts uh, starting way back in 2008 uh, when we first began to get vision for for this church and so we talked about that and kind of unveiled that as our vision at the beginning of this month and uh, and I want to just talk to you this morning a little bit more about that we've been talking about it for the past couple weeks last week we talked about transformation we just had an, a, just a glorious time in the presence of the Lord last week and uh, it's no surprise. That God has given our church hope for transformation. What do we mean by transformation? We mean people coming out of the deadness of religion and into a living experience with a living Savior uh, that wants a personal, real, tangible interaction with you this morning. Amen. I don't know about you. I'm so thankful that I come to church to actually meet with God and not just hear somebody talk about God. Amen. Amen, that's what we're here for. So we, so we talked about transformation last week and we actually got to experience some of it with the presence of the Lord. Today, I wanna to talk to you a little bit about strong families. As you may remember we saying, this is the first thing that the Lord ever told us that Hope Church would be, that it would be a church that would build strong families. Um, it's a significant part about our mandate and about our assignment from God. We're committed to seeing strong families in Boone and beyond. Amen. How many of you would like for your family to be one of those strong families? Amen. That was weak, y'all. That was weak. Let me ask it again. How many of you would like your family to be one of the strong families? Amen. I would too. Let's bow our heads in just a moment of prayer and then we'll get into this. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come before your word. I thank you, God, that. That you've given us so much wisdom and insight into your heart, into your mind, into your character, in your word. And so today as we approach your word, I ask that the Holy Spirit would bring alongside of your word the wisdom to understand it. The insight and the clarity of heart and mind that we need to perceive your word this morning. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. So... Hope for strong families, one of the three legs of vision. If you thought of our church as a three-legged stool, uh, this is one of the three legs. And as I said, and I'm going to keep repeating this so that it really resonates with you, this is the first thing God ever told me about this church. I woke up in the middle of the night, 12:30, 1 o'clock, something like that. My wife and I had been married for about a year, maybe a little over. Uh, we were living in a, in a beautiful townhome, home, no children almost no responsibility of any kind. It was wonderful. Uh, And and we lived in a beautiful town home in sunny Fort Myers, Florida. We had a dog and uh, and we just had all the time in the world. It was quite different than it is now. Um, It's much better now, by the way. Much better now. But Every time I think of the word strong families, my mind, the reason I say all that is because every time I think of the word strong families, my mind goes back to our little town home and to our bedroom, and I can just see in my mind's eye where our bed was and our dresser, and, and I just remember waking up in the middle of the night in that room hearing a strong word from the Lord. Has, it, has the Lord ever woken you up before where like his voice is so loud in your heart that it jolts you awake? And you just have this thing burning in you. Uh, that's how it was for me. I woke up in the middle of the night and I had two words in my heart, strong families. I didn't hear an audible voice. I'm not a weirdo. Amen. Uh, but I just knew that God was talking to me that night. And so I remember writing it down and I knew that that was going to be the thing, that was going to be the first thing that, that we were going to strive for with our church. I believe that today in society, the family as an institution is targeted. Uh, I believe, you know, you've heard people say this before. The family's under attack. Marriage is under attack. Kids are under attack. It's true. The devil hates our guts. Amen? Anybody figured that out yet? The devil hates your guts. Why? Because you're a Christian and you're the, you're a son and a daughter of God. The Bible says you're made in God's image. So you look like God to the devil. And every time he sees you, it makes him angry. So he's out to get us. He's out to get our families. But the beautiful thing is that the Bible says whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be concerned or worried about what the devil's doing because greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. So this is not a message of fear, but it is a message uh, that would, I think, communicate the reality that in our world, families are under attack. Families are an institution that is being targeted. God perpetually refers to the family throughout Scripture. He identifies himself as the God of three generations. Uh, So family is very important to him. You say, when did God identify himself as the God of three generations? Listen to what he says in Exodus chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. The Lord God of your fathers. Excuse me, I I missed the line. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Watch this last phrase. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. God identifies himself in terms of family. He says, I'm the God of Abraham. That's the grandfather. The God of Isaac. That's the dad. The God of Jacob. That's the son. God created a covenant with his people, and he did so on the grounds and in terms of family. It's interesting to me that God says that this is to be his name forever, and this memorial of a, of a multi-generational relationship with God is to be his memorial for all generations. In other words, what God began with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he intends to do with your family, your children, and your grandchildren. It's a memorial not just for them, it's a memorial for all generations. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord is saved, the Bible says. And and as a Christian, we have this glorious joy and responsibility to raise our children in the admonition of the Lord so that our relationship with God can be passed down to them, and it can become their relationship with God to be passed down to their children, and so on and so forth. This is my memorial to all generations. God thinks in terms of family. In fact, I believe that family is a big part of how God blesses the world. Listen to what God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. I quoted this a couple weeks ago, and it bears repeating. Genesis 1, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God... Blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. I think it's so interesting that the way that God blessed Adam and Eve was by telling them to have a family. Isn't that so interesting? I mean, you read it right there. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply. Isn't that interesting? In other words, God's part of God's blessing for their lives was contained in his direction and instruction to bear children and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, Adam, I've made this creation for you. I've set this whole place up for you. This is my gift to you. I'm going to bless you as you multiply. It's incredible. It's incredible. In fact, I, I believe that 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 multiplication of family is is one of the outlets that God uses to pour out and to bless the world, because if you think about this, if you think about it, the Bible says that we're the light of a wor- we're the light of the world, right? A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. If you're if you and your family take that seriously, you believe that 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 you've been called by God to be the light of the world. Then, then what happens when, when you take that mindset and that attitude and that conviction and pass it down to another generation? And then that generation passes it down to yet another generation. What happens when, when, when people everywhere, families everywhere begin to identify with the reality that we're called to be the light of the world, a city set on a hill, and the more of us gather together, what happens? We begin to change the world around us. The darkness isn't as dark anymore because there's lights everywhere. See, God's intention is to bless the world, and he wants to do it through your family. But if we're all dysfunctional at home, if everything's torn up, like he used to say when I has a kid, toe up from the flow up, if everything is torn up, how can we be the light of the world? Before we moved here from Florida, of course, my wife was raised here, I was feel the need to tell people that, but my wife was raised here in Boone. This is her home, and, uh, and, and before we moved here from Florida, we would come on vacation. Some of you heard me say this, and, and, and we would see families, and, and it, was, it was as though God allowed me to see beyond the exterior in the lives of families here and to see the actual problems and the challenges. It was as though I was able to pull the veneer back and see what was decaying under the surface. I believe with all my heart that if we can heal the family, we can heal the community. Amen? And I'm going to keep saying that all year and all next year and the year after that. I'm going to keep saying it until I'm not here anymore. If we can heal the family, we can heal our community. So strong families can exist, I believe, when they become an extension of the family of God. Did you know that God has a family too? Amen. How many of you are glad to be in the family of God? Yes. Hallelujah. Think about Moses. Think about Moses. He was raised by a family that was not his biological family. He was raised in a worldly culture that worshipped false gods. And then he found out that he actually belonged to another family. Y'all remember the story of Moses, right? Born to a Hebrew woman. Pharaoh had this decree that he wanted to kill all the children under the age of one. Moses was going to be one of those people. So his mother did what? Put him in a basket and put, these, put this basket in the reeds of the Nile River. Now, I don't know about you, but I always thought that was a gamble. <laughs> right? Take your kid, less than a year old, shove him in a basket, put that basket in the river Y'all, there's crocodiles in the Nile River. Haven't you ever watched Steve Irwin? Right, she's a beauty. Yeah. You know, like, y'all know what I'm talking about. The crocodile hunter's not alive anymore. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come here, live. <Lobby. laughs> Anyways. <laughs> there's crocodiles in the Nile River, man. And she took this huge risk floating Moses down the river. And then he was discovered by Pharaoh's daughter, and he was raised in the courts of Pharaoh. And it wasn't until much later that he discovered that he actually belonged to a different family. I think this is what is a similar experience that happens to us when we get saved. I'm not talking about the biological family that you were raised in. I'm talking about the spiritual family. When you were born, you were born into a fallen family the family of Adam and Eve, right? We're we're in the longtime family called humanity, and we were born in sin without any hope. We're all descendants from that first broken family, and now, as we've received Jesus, if you've been saved this morning, you're now taken out of that family and brought into a brand new family called the family of God. (laughs) Hmm. You've received the name of Jesus. You've been born and adopted and transferred into a brand new family. See, what we need to do is learn to retrain our minds and learn to renew our minds to what the word of God actually says so that we don't think like the family we were originally born into, but we think like the family we were newly born into and adopted into. Look at what the Bible says. I want to give you a lot of scriptures this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, talking about the family of God. Ephesians 2, 19. Now therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and watch this, members of the household of God. Glory to God. Y'all remember, how many of you were like old enough to remember the 90s? Most people? Y'all remember the saying that we used to have all the time when I was like in middle school and high school, who's your daddy? That was in the 90s. Yeah, you remember that. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? I'll tell you who your daddy is. If you're saved, your daddy's God the Father. You've been born from above. You're now now citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You don't serve your father, the devil, anymore. You serve your new father, your adopted father, your reborn, recreated new father, Father God. It's good to be part of the family, isn't it? Look what he goes on to say in Ephesians 3, verse 14. I love this. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, watch, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. You are part of a huge dynasty called the family of God. Oh man, I, I want you to understand this because if, if you've been one of those people that thought you were disqualified because you came from a broken home or if you felt like you were disqualified because maybe I didn't come from wealth or affluence, maybe I, maybe I didn't grow up in a great part of town, maybe I came from, from absolute poverty, maybe I came from a lineage of, of, of womanizers and alcoholics and drug abusers and, and man, maybe I just came from the worst stock you possibly could come from. There's hope for you this morning because the whole family in heaven and earth is named in the name of Jesus Christ. He is in us and we are in Him, and we now belong to a dynasty called the family of God. Oh man, nobody in my family ever lost a fight. Nobody in my family ever fell fell to sin. I'm I'm from the greatest family lineage that's ever existed. Jesus is my big brother and God's my father. We don't have failure running in our DNA. We don't have setbacks in our family. Hallelujah. You've received the name of Christ. And you've been born, adopted, and transferred into this new family. So what is the family of God all about? What... What do I need to know about God's family that will cause my family to be strong at home? After all, the mandate is to see strong families develop. So what do we need to learn about God's household that can help us build our household? You follow me? What will empower my home to be a strong home? I want to give you three things this morning. Number one. Oops. Number one, when you're born into the family of God, you're born into a family of unconditional love. When you're born into God's family, you're born into a family of unconditional love. The family of God is a family of unconditional love by God and by others. Your heavenly father definitely loves you unconditionally. Oh, isn't that so awesome? Jesus loves me with an undying, unconditional kind of love. Now, it's important to note that we've been born into this family. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 3, Most assuredly, I say, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So this is like the most pivotal part, right? If you if if you you're, you haven't been born again, then you haven't been born into the family of God yet. And that's okay. If you're not born again in this place, you can become saved today. You can become born again. How many of you, by show of hands, just show me. Are you born again in here? Anybody born again? Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. So if you're born again, then you've been born into a family and the identity of this family is an identity of unconditional love. John 3, 16, most famous most quoted scripture of all time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We quote that. Sometimes we forget what what it says in verse 17. Go to verse 17 if you would. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. So verse 16 paints a picture for us of a God who has this incredible, outlandish, like the song says, reckless love. And then he goes on to accent that in the following verse by saying that God didn't come to condemn us. Isn't that amazing? God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Why? Why? Did you ever think about that? Why? Because they were already condemned. Sin already condemns you. Sin already points the finger at you. Sin uh, by itself, on its own, has condemned people to an eternity apart from God in hell. So God didn't come to accent the condemnation. He came to rescue us out of the condemnation and birth us and, and, and father us into this family Of his love. This is unconditional love. God did not wait to see if we would straighten up before he sent Jesus. Come on. Come on. Why is this so important? Because if this is how the family of God functions, this is how the family of the Thurman's ought to function, right? I'm just going to use Brian and I as an example for the remainder of the day. Mostly because we've really got it all together. We just really know what we're doing. We're so good at this at this point. Never an argument or nothing in our home. <laughs> yeah, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is the, why am I talking about this? Because this is the pattern. This is the template for our homes. If, if God loves me with an unconditional love, I ought to love my wife with an unconditional love. I ought to love my children with an unconditional love. I ought not to withhold and restrain love from them until they straighten up. I'll hug you after you get, make, your, make it right with me. Uh-uh. Not waiting. I'm not here to condemn my kids. Come on. I'm not here to condemn my wife amen. So what? She didn't do the thing I wanted her to do. So what? The toilet paper rolls, whatever. So what? Listen, listen, Uh, unless Jesus comes back, you got a long life ahead of you to figure out which way the towels ought to be folded. You got a long time ahead of you to figure all that out. If it costs you peace in your home, it's too expensive. I was talking to Frankie this, this week. We were talking on the phone, and you know what I said to him? I said, you know what the problem is with most marriages and most people in general? is We're not serious enough about strife. We're not serious enough about strife in our homes, in our relationships. We tolerate it way too much. The Bible in the book of James says that where strife and bitterness and envy are, there is confusion and every evil work, every evil work. The word confusion in the Greek there is the word that we get the word anarchy from. You ever see a crowd of people go crazy all at one second because somebody did something crazy? Like, like, like somebody shoots a gun into a crowd. What happens to the crowd? It goes nuts. It becomes total anarchy. That's what happens to the atmosphere in your home when you tolerate strife. Yeah. Strife's like firing a bullet into a crowd of people. We don't take it seriously enough. Wow, it got quiet in here. Yeah. Romans 5.8 says this. God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. He didn't wait. He saw us in our mess, and he chose to redeem us. God's love is unconditional. I heard a minister say this one time, talking about his kids. He said, we taught our children when we were young, when they were young, how does daddy, excuse me, how does daddy love you? They would say, no matter what, with all his heart, forever and always. And then I would say, and how does God love you? And they would repeat, no matter what, with all his heart forever and always. Your father loves you unconditionally. God's love for you is not based on your performance. Rather, it's based on his performance, his character, and his faithfulness. He loves you not because you're great. He loves you because he's great. Amen. He loves you not because you're perfect. He loves you because he's perfect. And his love is perfect. God loved the, the you, know, you remember the story about the prodigal son? He loved the prodigal even when he was a prodigal. Luke 6.35 says, for God is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. And religion wants us so desperately to remain bitter. God so desperately wants you to understand that you're loved. Amen. The Lord doesn't, can I tell you something? The Lord doesn't have to be proud of everything you do to still love you. Amen. So number one, when you're born into God's family, you're born into a family of unconditional love. Number two, when you are in God's family, you are adopted into a family of unmerited favor. You're adopted into a family of unmerited favor. Not only are we born into this new family, but God gives us favor. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ unto himself. He has predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ unto himself. Now that word adoption is a loaded word in the Greek. And and sometime I'll, I'll talk more about that because there's, you could preach a long time on just that, just that word, adoption, and what it really means. It, it, it means the, the coming of age when a son would mature into, into the house. Uh, in the ancient world, in the Hebrew world, when a son would mature, he became heir to everything that his father owned and possessed, and his father began to endorse the things that he did. When the, when the son would come of age, the, 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 the parents would officially consider him adopted. And the, and the father would take his son to all these different places that he would conduct business and introduce his son to those that he did business with. And, and he would say these words, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So it's very interesting that when Jesus is baptized, the voice from heaven comes and says the same thing. This concept of adoption is huge. We don't have time to get into the whole thing. But but know that you were adopted into this family as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to his good pleasure, or excuse me, according to the good pleasure of his will. Galatians 4, verse 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, get this, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You are a son of God. You're a son of God. What about the ladies in the room? You're a son of God too. Amen. If the boys can be part of the bride of Christ, then the girls can be sons of God. Okay? Okay. <laughs> There's actually, again, I don't have time to teach all this today, but there's a reason why that word son is so important. And it has to do with that concept of adoption. But but you are now a mature son of God, and if you're a son, then you're an heir through Christ. This word Abba, or Abba, I'm going to resist any jokes, (laughs) is the Greek transliteration of an Aramaic word that means father, father. Jesus, when he raises from the dead, do you remember what he says? The, one of the first things he says when he comes to see the disciples in the upper room. He says, I'm, I'm going to ascend. Actually, it's, it's, it's when he sees Mary uh, Magdalene by the tomb. She says, he says, don't touch me, Mary, for I am about to ascend to my God and your God, to my father and your father. was like the first time in history that god could ever say to another human being i'm your father it's incredible titus 3 3 says this we ourselves were also once foolish disobedient deceived serving various lusts and pleasures living in malice and envy hateful and hating one another But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Wow. According to his mercy, he saved us. We were born in sin. We were part of a spiritually sinful family. Again, we're not talking about the biological family you were born into. We're talking about this family called humanity that was trapped in sin. Look at the promise that God makes to us. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18. I told you I was throwing a lot of scriptures at you this morning. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18 says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and my daughters. Maybe you were born into a terrible family situation. Maybe you were abandoned in life, in childhood. Maybe you came from a broken home. I'm here to tell you that your your life doesn't have to be broken because you're adopted into a new family with a new father a new spiritual identity, a new family lineage. Your life doesn't have to be broken. Number three, when you come into the family of God, you are transferred into a family of unearned blessings. Amen? We're born into a family of unconditional love. We're adopted into a family of unmerited favor, and we are transferred into a family of unearned blessings. How many of you, how many of you are just so thankful that you can't do anything to earn God's blessing? He just blesses you just because you didn't deserve it, just because he's so awesome and he just loves you. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that awesome? Oh, man. I mean, think about it. You're blessed by birthright, not by performance. Man, I mean I mean, okay, look, Warren Buffett, one of the richest guys in the world, multi-hundred billionaire, a lot of money. okay? His kids don't have to qualify to be his kids. They're his kids by birthright. His blessing, the blessing of his household, extends to them because they just happen to be born in it. My friend, your father owns the universe. <laughs> your, your, your dad, the Bible says, you, our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Good news, he owns the hills too. He owns the planet. He owns all the stars. Every, um, listen, every ounce of universe is 100% owned by your father. And you qualify to be an heir with Christ Jesus, we just read it in Galatians a moment ago. You qualify to be an heir with Christ. Why? Because you're so good? Nah. Because you just happened to be born in the right household. <laughs> you hit the genealogical lottery when you said yes to Jesus. Come on, you're his favorite. Did you know that? Did you know you're his favorite? You're his favorite son. And so are you. And so are you, and you, and you, and you, and me. Listen to Colossians chapter one, verse 13. It says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son. He has transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Listen, family language, son, amen, I'll get it. God transferred us into a new family I want you to think about this we were born into a cursed family you were born into you know Adam and Eve and their lineage the Adamsons the Adams family (laughs) there it is good job everybody way to pick up on it thank you guys You were born into a cursed family, but then you were born again, and you were adopted, and you were transferred out of a cursed family into a blessed family. This new family is a family of unearned blessing. Warren Buffett's kids don't have to earn the last name Buffett. They just get to be born with it. Isn't that incredible? Next time you think you got to work hard to earn God's blessing, just think of that. Just remember that. You, You can't earn your last name. You just get born into it. Did you know that the last word of the Old Testament is curse? If you go read the last verses in Malachi, it's a curse. The last thing said in the Old Testament is a curse. The first word of the first sermon ever preached by Jesus in the New Testament says, blessed. <laughs> go look at it. Here, look, go to Matthew 5 real quick. Matthew chapter 5. I didn't plan to go here, but it's good. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Verse 2 says, Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying... This is the first sermon ever preached in the New Covenant. First sermon Jesus preached, and he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. For they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Are you sensing a theme here? Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who, per- who are persecuted for righteousness sake. And For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil and false things against you for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. You're blessed. Galatians 3 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. When you come into God's family, you're born into a family of unconditional love. You're adopted into a family of unmerited favor. And you're transferred into a family of unearned blessings. God has called our church to build strong families in our community. Your home can be a strong home. I want to tell you that. As a matter of fact, I want to prophesy it over you this morning. Your home can be a strong home. Your home shall be a strong home. your family will be a strong family. That when the, that when the pressure comes in, when the, when the floodwaters come in, when the enemy comes with his most devious attack against your family, your family does not have to crumble at the weight of pressure. Your family does not have to crumble through the temptation of society. Your, your, your family does not have to crumble through whatever the enemy wants to try to launch at you you were part of a cursed family but you're part of a blessed family now unconditional love unmerited favor and unearned blessings what if you say but pastor i'm not part of a family pastor i'm i'm not part of a family I, maybe i'm not married maybe i'm divorced Maybe 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 I was maybe I came from a broken household. Pastor, you don't see my past. You don't understand the shambles that my world is in. Can I share with you a promise from Psalms Psalm 68 verse 6. Scripture says God places the lonely in families. Maybe maybe you're not part maybe listen maybe you're not married maybe you don't have any kids maybe you maybe you were married and you're divorced now maybe you're in a situation that's just awful maybe your family life was torn to shreds by something that someone did your parents had a tough time or, or and, you know whatever the case may be maybe you just come from a really destitute situation i'm here to tell you god places the lonely in families he's placed you first and foremost in his family And second of all, he's placed you in a church with people that are around you that love you enough to call you family. I heard the story of a family that adopted a girl from an orphanage in a third world country. She would take what she got into the family, into, into the home of the new family. She would take her clothes, her nicer clothes, and she would hide them. She would take food from the pantry in the kitchen and take it to her room and hide it because she came from a place where there wasn't abundance. And she came from a, from a place where she didn't have access to food and clothing. And so when she was adopted and brought into this new family, she did everything she could to care for herself. And so she took food when she was served food. She would take extra and take it up to her room and hide it. And she, when they bought her nice clothes, she would take it into her room and she would bury it and shove it under the bed and, and be back in behind closets and things. Why? Because it took her a while to understand that she was in a new family now that she was in a new environment now, and she, she didn't have to do the things she used to have to do to try to survive. But because she had been adopted into a new family, there was new opportunity, there was new blessing, there was favor and grace poured out on her that she did nothing for. And it took her a little while to make the adjustment, to shift in her thinking and realize I don't have to work for it anymore. I don't have to hide food. There's there's the, there's plenty of food in the cupboards now. See, you came out of you came out of a out of a place that was destitute, and into a place that is rich with the mercies and the grace of Almighty God, rich with everything that you need. So, as we build strong families in our community, we need to do so by adjusting our thinking. Don't think like the orphan. Don't think like the slave whom the son has set free is free indeed. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thanks again for listening to the Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to see people from all walks of life, know Jesus, connect and grow, discover their purpose and make a difference in this world. If you would like to connect with us further, or if you need prayer or assistance, please visit us at hopeboon.com, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.